music means. It is time for Riasis here on KZSM.org and our host, Kathy Laura. And Kathy, who we got here in the studio with us today? So today on our show, we have uh, Agustin Chavez, and he brought his son, Austin, with us. And so Austin is a senior in high school this year, so we want to wish him the best of luck this year. Well, I'd wish him best of luck any year, but I, I hope all goes well for you on your senior year, yes. Yeah, and we understand that he's uh, going to be pursuing uh, music as, as a career, so hopefully we'll see him here at Texas State. Yeah, I, and uh, get yourself a scholarship. Dad's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, the mariachis really have some good scholarships with the mariachi band, so uh, some uh, good stuff. But, well, and uh, maybe some scholarships over at school, so maybe Cuatemo or maybe yeah. if the um, people from over at the American Jazz Forum are listening to, so maybe you know they'll yeah. look at his stuff. So hopefully that, that'll be the case. Uh, but anyway, so we want to welcome both of you to the show. And and uh, I want to start off with them. You know, most people know that I do like to talk about uh, the places that we come from. And so, if you can give us a little bit of uh, history uh, from your family, I understand you're from the Staples area. Yes. Yes. So tell me a little bit about um, your your grandparents, their names. Okay. Um, so my name is Augustine Chavez, and thank you guys for having me and my son on your uh, radio station. Uh, it's really great to be here. I really love. Uh, um, when um, when I'm able to, to to in a sense give back to the community, like especially with these things, I like get involved with with uh, local uh, radio stations, and especially here in San Marcos, where you know I grew up at. But I I was uh, I grew up and was raised in Staples, Texas, uh, which is ten miles, roughly ten miles outside of San Marcos. Uh, but I did go to school in San Marcos, although that Staples is Guadalupe County, mm -hmm. Seguin area. But it was just one of those um, the lines. The boundaries. Are yeah, right. where we went to school in San Marcos. And uh, I remember having to walk to the stop sign. And uh, the bus, you know, would get there. And uh, it would take like 30 minutes to go to school from the bus, you know, because it was so far. And, uh, and yeah, it was great, though. It was a lot of good memories. But, you know, uh, growing up in Staples, uh, I really missed it a lot. Um, at first, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, I, I can't wait to move on. But, you know, I'm really, now I'm really appreciative of my upbringing. Um, it was uh, really cold in the winters. Um, and so we didn't have, like, you know, central heat or nothing like that. It was just, like, literally um, uh, a humble, very humble home. Uh, my grandpa's on my mom, on my dad's side. Uh, they lived down the street, and his name uh, was Hilardo Chavez. And my grandma on my dad's side, his name was Felipa uh, Chavez. The main name was Pastrano. So that we had cousins in, in, uh, uh, of Chavez and Pastrano in Staples. Then on my mom's side, my grandpa lived in Staples also. Uh, his name was uh, Fidencio Capetillo. Uh, and then my grandpa, I mean, excuse me, my grandma, her name was Trinidad uh, Capetillo, which her main name was De Leon, and I spent a lot of time at my grandparents and at, at their mainly at their house, uh, just you know hanging out. I loved it, throwing rocks, <laughs> throwing dirt, playing in the corn. You know, <laughs> there was nothing else to do. So, so, so that was going to be one of my questions: is about your up upbringing there in Staples, what what you did as a child and as a young adult uh, to pass the time away. Uh, so, uh, 
we didn't have you know like my son now you know he's got his xbox and and uh and he's able to connect with his friends um you know online and he's able to to entertain that way but i mean for me all i had was i was the only boy and i had three sisters and so i didn't have like a and it's just like like you know a brother or something that we can play together so so i found myself alone a lot uh but during that time that i was alone um i just gravitated towards uh, drawing um i would just draw on paper anything i could find and um that was like my my escape my sense to uh um to entertain myself um when i started playing uh instruments then uh, i started just practicing a lot practicing a lot because it was, i really didn't have nothing else to do um but i did play in the corn a lot uh during the summers so i would take off you know and i would always be like okay i'm gonna try to break break any barrier i'm gonna go a little further this time i could still see the house let me go a little further and then finally i couldn't see the house and i was like okay maybe it's time to go back you know and i would go back um, but that was it, you know, that was a, I didn't do no cow tipping or nothing like that, but it was just mainly uh, just out in the corn. Um, and then uh, sometimes we would get together with my cousins and we'll play uh, mud balls and just throw them at each other and, and stuff. So it was fun. So <laughs> in the area that you grew up in, um, because you mentioned your cousins were the homesteads of your relatives close by or? Okay, so, so yeah, I know that uh, um, like in today's uh, time, you see a bunch of houses really close together. Um, I don't think that was a really a thing uh, during my upbringing, even when I would come into San Marcos. I think it's a thing now, uh, but um, our houses were really apart, you know, and so we would have to bike ride. If I wanted to go to my cousins, it was like a bike ride, uh, you know, quite a, maybe half a mile or maybe more, maybe mm -hmm. a mile. And then I'd get there and then come back and vice versa, you know, they would they would come over to our place. You could see their bikes, you know, and BMX bikes and whatnot. And you would see them and, ah, here they come. And, you know, they would come. And same thing going to my grandparents on my mom's side. I had to bike ride over there um, because in between each house was literally a cornfield. It was nothing but field, cattle, um, you know. And, and later on, uh, as an adult, I became very curious at how the, all that came to be. And I found out uh, that my dad, um, my dad's father, uh, my grandpa was actually uh, had his own uh, uh, like uh, crop pickers mm -hmm. that he would contract or, or landowners would contract him and he would use my my father as labor and and you know my brother his brothers my so uncles. he would go out and get the laborers yeah, and they come yeah. in. uh-huh and I didn't know that <laughs> I mean I didn't learn that until maybe maybe three years ago when I started just asking questions. Mm -hmm. It's like, you always say you pick cotton, but why? And then that's what I'm saying, because my dad would, I mean, his dad, my grandpa would, will, will, will have that work, and uh, they would get contracted by, by landowners by, you know, who needed to harvest their crops, and so they would use still manual labor. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think back, back then, if we go back, so we're probably talking to your grandfather that was maybe like the 1940s, 1950s, when all this was going on, maybe a little bit earlier than that. My grandpa? Yeah. Well, my dad was born in the 40s, uh, I think like 46, mm -hmm. something like that. So um, it would, yeah, it would have, so then I think it was like when my grandpa, I mean, when my dad was going to school, uh, maybe 50s or something when he was picking uh, uh, because he would tell me that he would go to school and then um, uh, they would make an announcement that say uh, that anybody needs to leave for work can leave now 
And so my dad and, and was one of them, they would just leave like in midday where everybody else stayed getting their education, they would take off and just work in the field. Oh, no. And wow. and you you, <laughs> you, you mentioned yeah. now that you have a little bit more appreciation for the place that you grew up in. And a lot of the people that moved into San Marcos were not originally from here and they came from out, you know, like the outskirts outside, so Kyle, um, the New Braunfels mm -hmm. area, Hunter staples mm -hmm. in, in into San Marcos as they moved in as the jobs start started mm -hmm. to come so has a large part of your family all already left staples or do you still have some there or you know have some of the children already moved on to other cities or into San Marcos away from staples yeah well for for me at least if I could speak to uh, for my immediate family um, um, my uncle's still in Staples. my uncles are still in staples my dad left staples uh, uh, I don't know what year it was, maybe 19, 1990s, and he moved to Redwood. Um, but uh, as far as my cousins and stuff, um, the ones who could, who were able to grab uh, an acre somewhere in Staples are still there, but it's really hard to find land there now. Um, I mean, it seems like, like it's passed down from family to Generation maybe relative or something. And so um, it's, it's kind of tricky to, to find it. But other than that, I mean, everybody that I know of that are my cousins have moved on, yeah. uh, especially like my sisters. Um, um, I got one sister that lives in Bastrop, um, you know, and, and it just goes on because, you know, they marry and stuff. And once my other sister lives in San Marcos, you know, and so, so yeah, I think everybody's just moved on. Um, but I hadn't been to Staples in a long time. And my uncle Juan just recently had a, uh, I think, 73rd birthday, and I hadn't seen my cousins in a while, and they invited us, and we went. Oh my God, it just brought so many memories. Mm -hmm. Just, just seeing it, and even my cousin and I took a picture in the cornfield <laughs> where we used to play. Well, Staples still isn't that different than it used to be. You know, but it, but there are a lot of changes coming because some of those ranches now are being oh, sold. Oh, that whole and, area yeah. is is you know five years from yeah. from being totally different. Well, and yeah. I understand that there's a development that's going to be coming into Staples. I don't I know heard how about soon, that but too. yeah, I heard about but that. But you go down right now, and I know that's one of the things with I used to drive through there, going over to Lockhart all the time with my kids, and I just it it always the the old uh, gas stations the old places mm -hmm. the old you know uh, the old cemeteries just everything still was you know i can see when you were growing up uh -huh. but yet that change is coming very quickly to yeah. that area yeah yeah uh, um where we used to live was around 1339 and uh it was uh across across the street right away was the the uh field that belonged to the uh keps if i'm pronouncing it, it was german name keps Marvin Kip and Erna Kip, and um, and my grandpa worked for them as a ranch hand, uh, Fidencio on my mom's side, and they they had a house in the middle of the cornfield. Uh, you can still see you can still see the driveway to the house. It had like an easement going to it. It had two oak trees, and it was just a field of corn around it. And and now um, the the house is gone. Uh, I think the barn that used to be there burnt down for s one odd reason, uh, but I've, I'm not too sure, but I've heard rumored that that's the, the area that's going to be the development, 
and I stop and think and, and like I went over there last time and I was just looking there and there's so many memories it's going to be concrete over all of that you know so, so that's the property that's uh, across the street from the Staples Civic Center is that no that's still before for, going okay. into Staples before the Civic Center okay. yeah so um, I I understand that you are I guess what I'm going to say a true artist because you not only do music but you also paint. So tell us a little bit a little bit about that. Uh, so um, I just recently in 2020, right in COVID, uh, I graduated with my master's degree in in fine art at UTSA, and before that um, I did go to Texas State here uh, to get my bachelor's degree in art and. Um, I had always loved to paint. I have always loved to draw, uh, other than music. You know, my I, I credit my parents that got me involved in music because I really loved to dance. And when I was a kid, uh, they would force us to go to the dances because we, you know, at that time, or at least my parents never had babysitters. We'd have to go wherever they went. And so I, I even remember going to a bar, literally, as a kid with my grandpa and my dad. You know, and and we and and I still remember what it looks like. And I was sitting at the bar with my feet hanging, and I got Fritos and soda, mm -hmm. and everybody was drinking, smoking, yeah. and I was like, "This is cool." <laughs> you know, I was eating my Cheetos or Fritos, drinking my yeah. soda. But you know, we would go. Uh, my parents really loved this dance hall called Los Sanos in Seguin, and there they watched uh, a lot of conjunto bands, uh, upcoming artists uh, in the in the conjunto field or or just the Hano field. And so I credit my parents to uh, to me following that that side. But as far as art, I've always loved it, and I tried it. And then I just realized that um, everywhere, wherever I was at, and people got to know me, they always looked for me to draw something for them, or to to um, to you know try to paint something or something like that. But then I was working at a job, and I was there 16 years. I was working at CFAN. And it was cool. It was all right. It was a job, right? And and when I was a kid, uh, you know, the thing I was told in in my upbringing was get a job, get a job, get a job. But you know, uh, you, you know, college or nothing like that was wasn't really encouraged. But it wasn't discouraged either. It was just known you got to get a job. And so, um, you know, um, my son was born um, in 2004, and and um, I was I felt like I was going through a hard a hard uh, time like I hit rock bottom at that point when he was born and I I read a quote from Einstein that said you know stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and so I was like no you know I I need to change something and so um, I talked to CFEN um, about maybe going to school and so they said yes what are you gonna study I said I want to study engineering to climb up the ladder at CFAN. So long story short, I went to ACC to night classes and my sisters took care of Austin. Um, and my sisters helped me out a lot, Irma and, and uh, Mary. And my mom also was really big, big help. Um, but uh, I went there, but I remember one night I was uh, leaving uh, my English comp class and I was walking and I passed by an art room and I was like, what's in here? And I walked in there and it was empty. And oh my God, I just saw all the easels and leftover work. And I was like, my jaw just dropped and I just felt like I came alive. And I was like, this is what I do. So I changed my major to art. CFAM found out and they're like, okay, we're not paying for this, you know? <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'm just gonna do it. So I just 
felt like that was where I lit up. Where you I found your alive. passion I've, and you followed I, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And from there, I just continued, and uh, I quit my job. After I got my associate's degree at ACC, uh, I quit my job at CFAN, and uh, everybody was uh, freaking out, like, like, what? You've been here 16 years? I'm like, no, and I had gotten accepted at, at Texas State. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this now, I'm going to do it full time. Let's just do it. So I just uh, got my uh, financial aid set up and I got I got I got enrolled as a full time student at Texas State. And I remember the first day of Texas State, I felt like a kindergartner. I felt like a little kid. I showed up at eight, a total different change from CFAN and then Texas State. I just remember sitting in the in the toilet just sitting there hiding just closing <laughs> it because i didn't know what i was doing i was like oh my god i hope i didn't make a mistake like what did i do second guessing yeah yourself, and honest. then but no i just excelled in, in everything and uh thank god you know i just uh, got it got my bachelor's then got accepted uh, i actually applied at hunter college in new york and uh, i was going to go there but I knew that if I went there, I wasn't going to be able to have the resources to somebody to the care for Austin. Needed, yeah. So I stayed here and went to UTSA because they accepted me. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I've been there for three years and graduated in 2020. Well, you know, it's amazing how sometimes these things just fall in your lap, right? Had it not been for you walking into that class, yeah, yeah. you'd probably still be at CPAN. Oh, God, they'll say <laughs> no, Yeah, yeah. So, so let's, let's take, can we take a quick sure, break? Sure, let's take a break. Okay, we're going to take a break. Come right back with you. This is uh, KZSM.org, True Community Radio. Raices here on Sunday. We'll be right back with you. Uh, am I talking to me? No, 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 that's okay. fine. Blues on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Till 10 o'clock, you got me giving you what you just didn't know you needed. Every Sunday afternoon from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. here on KZSM.org, Roots and Branches takes you down the highways, byways, side streets and back alleys of music. Join me, Tony Wilson, your hosting guide on this weekly journey through the wonderful world of music from Texas and beyond. All you have to do is log on and listen. It's just that easy. ¿Recuerdas la última vez que tu familia visitó el bosque? Es un lugar de maravilla e imaginación para toda la familia. Donde las historias cobran vida y está más cerca de lo que crees. ¿Listo para planear tu próxima visita? Haz que el bosque forme parte de tu historia hoy en un parque local cerca de ti. O encuentra uno en descubreelbosque.org. Traído a ti por el Servicio Forestal de los Estados Unidos y el Ad Council. And we're back with you here in the studio with uh, uh, Augustine uh, Chavez, mm -hmm. and uh, we've got uh, Kathy Laura here, and uh, uh, we are going to be hearing some music, but we're going to be talking about some music here, playing you some as well, but Kathy's got a few more questions here I think we wanted to uh, get in. So a lot of us know you from the La, La Distancia, and my first contact with, with you was when... Um, Guadalupe Chapel brought you on to do one of the hamaicas mm -hmm. there. So tell us a little bit about how um, La Distancia got formed and who were the original members or who are the members of the group. So we, uh, La Distancia was formed back then maybe, uh, I want to credit it, maybe 1992. Around that time, um, I remember being in high school and we just started trying to form this, this idea of a band. 
And so uh, we were heavy on the trumpet. I played trumpet. And uh, right now I play with an orchestra, uh, a symphony orchestra, uh, and he also plays. But, you know, La Estancia was formed by that uh, with a friend of mine named Richard Reyes, and uh, he had a sister, uh, Laura, which mm -hmm. is a vocalist. And, uh, and then we just started finding musicians. And uh, every time I, find me I look for musicians, I try to stay here in San Marcos because I feel that there's a lot of talent here. Um, but we formed, we did a lot of quince, quinceaneras, we did a lot of jamaicas, um, and we just kept playing and then uh, went through some changes in the early 2000s. Um, signed a record deal with a, a label in, in Corpus and we released a CD with them. And then, uh, um, you know, um, after a few years, we, we asked for a release because we wanted to do like an independent thing. And so we got our release. And then from there, I started writing most of the songs. Well, I, wrote, I wrote all the songs. I'm a songwriter also. I wrote all the songs for that first album. Um, and then with this uh, uh, independent stuff, I was reading a lot, writing a lot of songs. We changed musicians again. Um, but the core musicians uh, that we have right now is myself, obviously, Alara, the vocalist. She's the main vocalist that she's singing in the song. And my sister Irma, she plays bass, bass guitar. Um, and so we've just been uh, playing since then. Even now, uh, we finished recording during the pandemic time and finished off a CD. And so we just released a song, uh, but this song that we're gonna hear, I wrote this song. And it's funny, because this song right here, No Se Falta, uh, the guys really didn't like it. And Laura was like, I don't like this song. And then after we recorded it and we played it, and then she was like, oh, that's the best song. <laughs> like, you know, I really love this song. And so, so yeah, uh, we're still playing. We're, we're trying to regroup. Uh, we're trying to uh, get more musicians now, because after the pandemic, everybody just scattered, and, uh, and uh, everybody's, you know, doing different <laughs> stuff now. I think the pandemic really um, um, opened our eyes to, a, a, as individuals, to see, I guess, what our priorities were. And, and so for me, my priorities were this band, La Distancia. I still want to keep going uh, with the band because uh, I really feel um, that we have what it, what, you know, what, uh, what it takes to, to be out there. And we're recording artists. We've been um, nominated for the Tejano Music Awards. Uh, we go, try to go every year. Uh, we are in the industry, we are in the ballots, and so we work with uh, people in the industry. Sadly, uh, a lot of my, uh, a couple of my main contacts that I had in the industry, uh, they passed away from COVID, mm -hmm. and some just passed away because of health. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it makes me feel like I got to start over oh, again, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, I mean, that's just the name of the game. You yeah, but you got a good reputation, and so it shouldn't, shouldn't be that, that hard. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I guess we're going to go ahead and start. This is a song that you wrote for La Distancia. Yes. And it's called No Hace Falta Tu Amor. <laughs>
Jugando con el estilo de la distancia Sí, señor with you here in the studio and uh so kathy so i i wanted to ask this question so uh, with the pandemic and all uh i'm going to assume y'all took a little bit of a hiatus from la distancia so that's currently where y'all are at right now mm -hmm. and i'm taking a little a little break so when you guys plan to come back um uh with la distancia six months from now a year from now or uh we're trying to come back as as far as like live performing we're trying to come back way sooner than mm -hmm. that we're trying to sort out um, our setbacks. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that we all agreed is that uh, everybody still wants to play. Everybody still wants to go out there and gig. And so that's where I first started off with presenting a question. Look guys, do you guys want to play? What do you want to do? Uh, we want to play, we want to play, we want to play. Okay, so um, let's release a song. We released a song back in June. It's doing well right now. And so now it's just uh, uh, trying to, we're, right now what we've been actually is trying to come up with some new material. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got my son playing with us now. He's playing trumpet. And we're trying to go back to some of that old school sound when we at La Distancia first started out back in the beginning mm -hmm. uh, when we were heavy on trumpet. And so do you guys have a Facebook page or say if somebody wanted to call and book you, how, how do they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, so um, if you go, you know, everybody's on Facebook. So we do have a La Distancia Facebook. Uh, I did change the name recently to Laura Ann in La Distancia. Um, people still know us as La Distancia. Uh, but um, now every release that I make is Laura Ann. I decided to put the name Laura Ann so that Laura could be featured as the lead vocalist um, um, because I was, uh, I'm, I was slowly planning to venture off into a solo project, not to say that I'm leaving Life Stancia, I'm still with Life Stancia, just trying to expand my opportunities you know, musically. Um, and so um, it's Laura Ann Life we are on Facebook, or you could, uh, I'm usually the contact person for all the uh, bookings and stuff, so you could call me, 512-775-5910. 
um, Augustine Chavez, and uh, I have my Facebook. A lot of people send me messages through that too. Want to get a hold of me? Good. So, do, do we need to go into a station break? Yeah, let's take a quick station break. You're listening to KCSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas. We'll be right back with you. And uh, you're listening to Riasis every Sunday night from seven until eight o'clock. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, y toda mi gente, my name is Josh, also known as DJ Alpha in the mix, and I am the host of the all-new Latin Energy Show on KZSM.org San Marcos. I'm inviting everyone to tune in every Thursday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. and join the Latin Energy Party. It's all about community connection here, so tune in, support, and we'll see you on KZSM.org. Okay, what's up, San Marcos? Wit here. Welcome to Music Medicine. Get a refill of Music Medicine every Monday at 7 p.m. on KZSM.org. DJ Wit and her handsome producer Ace administer an hour-long eclectic playlist to cure what ails him. Not affiliated with Big Pharma. Music Medicine right here on kzsm.org just south of weird true community radio see that's what happens when you let your producer go and do your promo and wit didn't do the promo so he was like we're gonna go ahead and make it anyway so you know that's that handsome producer deal yeah uh, we have fun here it is you know community radio is family and this is you know this is a great place to be and we're, we're glad to have you in here tonight thank you uh, uh, on Riasis, uh, Kathy Laura here hosts this every week, and uh, uh, Augustine, and uh, you've got your son Austin here, and we are going to hear from you guys here in a minute. But uh, Kathy, what? Uh, let's do some more talking here, or, or not talking, but ask some more questions that you've got to ask. So I, I wanted to ask you this question. I I um, like to listen to a lot of K-pop, and you know, of course, the big thing right now coming out of Korea is those BTS guys. And they've taken a little bit of hiatus from being the the band, and they're all taking on solo solo projects. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a large part of that of, of of listening to them talk, they talk about this feeling of, I guess, being boxed in and what the um, organization wants them to be, but their passions inside are kind of being quashed because they're not able to do the projects that they really want to do because that they're, they're already fit into this box so how does that work when you have a band like like the la distancia but you also have your own things that you want to do and you mentioned the solo project that so, you worked on so let's talk a little bit about that so like for me as an artist um um i i listen to everything right? i get inspired by a lot of things uh but you know uh for me as a songwriter also I write songs not necessarily for a specific, specific genre. And um, if I feel like the, a song is, is starting to you know, become or be born, um, I just go with it. I don't try to force a song with, to fit a certain genre, especially like for La Estancia. Um, but I just 
go with it and let it flow. Uh, I focus on lyrics. I need the lyrics to be really poetic, more than just I love you, I care about you, or te quiero, te extraño. It needs to have some sort of color in it. Like, you know, and I, and I, I approach that with my paintings also. Uh, it's got to be more than just the surface of things. It's got to have more of a knee-level water or more waste, you know, in depth. And so um, a lot of the songs that I've, I've written a lot of songs, but these songs, some of the songs uh, don't fit the genre of my band or don't fit Laura doing vocals, right? And so it's like, what do I do with these songs? And so I've approached other bands and offered my songs to them and they kind of just blow me off and stuff or at least that's the way i felt um uh, so i'm like okay that's fine you know what do i do with these songs so i was like you know what uh why don't i sing the songs and so um i i wrote this one song um uh, that has like a rock ballad feel um and so i decided well you know what i could do a rock ballad uh, project called goots because my stage name is goots g-o-o-t-z everybody knows me by goots they got goots what's up goots goots is here what's up goots and so i decided to do it that way and so i did i released my first song just acoustic i didn't want to go a full production because i didn't want to depend on things so i was like you know all i need is my acoustic guitar and my voice my lyrics and that's it so my kid and i my son i brought him and I put a trumpet part on there play this on and we recorded it in my home studio but then I also have my connection to my childhood from Staples and when I lived in Staples my dad would love to listen to like Ramon Ayala Los Tigres del Norte kind of like a real like a, a Mexican feel uh, genre uh, he listened to some cumbia uh, and he really loves a lot of Elvis him and my mom they're like really Elvis fanatics um, but, um, as, you know, with the genres, I just feel like these songs that I've written, they have that feeling or they have that style in my head um, when I was a kid. So I was like, you know what, just release songs in that way with my name, Augustine Goose Chavez or something like that. So I got these different projects because I feel like I'm not just one thing. I'm multiple things, you know, that I want to express myself <laughs> with. And, um, you know, as for me it's like if i can listen to it while i'm driving you know my myself i'm i'm okay with it you know okay so we're gonna play a song from one of your solo projects and it's coming from the goots yeah it? i and think it's, so it's called mi diosa oh mi diosa yeah yeah that's from my goots project okay.
pretty and I'll tell you the first thing that I thought about when I heard you singing this was Renee and Renee it has such uh. a Renee and Renee feel <laughs> uh, I, I really did lo- like that song um I, I want to ask you this question uh because you're talking about the different genres and the different types mm-hmm. of music that you, you like to do and I used to have these conversations with my mom and my dad about the artists that pinned such you know beautiful songs and the artists that brought those um lyrics to life and the one that always comes to mind uh, for me is Amor Eterno, written mm-hmm. by Juan Gabriel, and it's so beautifully sung by um, Rocio Durcal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the first line in the song is, Tu eres la tristeza de mis ojos, que lloran en silencio por tu amor. And I always wonder, and we know why he penned that song, but what's the driving force behind that? And so I, I wanted to ask you, um, this, a lot of the songs that you write, do they come from personal experiences or watching somebody else's experience? Or um, I think that's a great question. And uh, yes, I, uh, they do come from personal experiences. Um, um, sometimes I'll take like um, um, uh, bits and pieces of things. Like, like for that one right there, uh, Mi Diosa, I wrote it while I was going through this uh, kind of weird period. And it did involve, you know, with with uh, sort of a relationship, relationship didn't yeah. work out. Um, but then I remembered this movie, and and uh, uh, this guy like walked into his apartment and noticed that his girlfriend was gone. And he was like, and then he opened her drawer, and all the clothes was gone. <laughs> and he just started going down to his knees. And I put that lyric li- in there. Yeah. Tu ropero está vacío. And I <laughs> so got it from, from that movie. movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. But that cool was just that? a feeling that I was like, you know what? That's like how how impactful is it when you live with somebody and then you see the clothes is gone, gone yeah. and it's like no this is serious like this this is like not just like i'm leaving and then come back like when yeah. the clothes is gone so so yeah it's a combination of things um and then you know for the happy music that i write uh um 
sometimes too it feels like the happy moments of experiences that i have with interacting with the crowd on stage mm -hmm. so uh for me the lyrics is impactful just like you said juan gabriel sang, mm -hmm. wrote those lyrics um it's they got to be impactful mm -hmm. so and it's got to come from somewhere the source is the heart well and i think it things that people can relate to too so you know who can't relate to having a broken heart or yeah, getting yeah. home and you know the person that you're in love with it yeah, is gone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you have uh an upcoming project right mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that and then we're going to play a song from mm -hmm. from your upcoming project so kind of like a little announcement okay. right uh, so this is my newest project and again this was uh, from the uh um my roots back in staples texas that's where i want to do it like the the, the entire artwork i want to feature some sort of staples maybe the cornfield or something like that mm -hmm. but this is it from that my connection with my mom and dad uh, where they grew up in, in that kind of genre. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try it and um, it's new, it's new to me. Uh, I did just today, as a matter of fact, showed it to uh, one of my industry top guys in San Antonio and he goes, good, send me the song, I wanna hear it. And I'm like, oh, you know, what is he gonna tell me? And it is a cover, it's a cover song from Juan Gabriel himself um, that he wrote. And so I just wanted to introduce myself with a cover that people recognize. I know that song, you know. And so anyway, uh, he loved it. He said, he goes, Goots, it sounds like you got a hit here. So. Well, this is a disclosure because you didn't know I was going to be talking about Juan yeah, Gabriel. I did so not. look at how that I came up. We must be on the same page there. <laughs> and this is an exclusive to us uh, to uh, play the song first. Here, You're right? the first one. <laughs> I love it. So let's go ahead and play that. Porque me haces llorar. Oh, 
Man, back with you here in the studio with uh, Augustine, and uh, uh, that was your solo. That was the first was, time we got to play this one. Yeah, that was yeah. the first time I heard it in a station. So it's crazy because I hear it in my studio or when I'm working it, and then to hear it, it's like looking at a painting at a gallery when I, you know when I see so all the sweat. I've, I've had some people that have came here that it's like they'll hear their songs me playing them and it's like just they just stand there in awe because you're right it's you're on the radio you're you know you're you're out there and and it's it's a final version yeah yeah yeah, yeah. glad that was good good <laughs> you know Rob, rob's an activist here in town he's been an activist for a really really long time and you were telling us that story and that's why he found that interest in it so tell us a story about uh, Austin, uh, your your art that yeah. you you know and and uh, you know another facet is your paintings. So know? so in my art, uh, my thesis work, I make art about undocumented workers. I know that there's a big topic about the border and especially now with immigrants coming over in masses and whatnot. And for me, politically, I, I don't I don't uh, really lean too far left, too far right. I feel like I'm right in the middle of the spectrum. Um, I feel like a, an indigenous person. Um, I'm brown, and so I just look back, right and left, back, right and left, and just watch people, you know, make their arguments. But you know, we, you know, indigenous peoples have been in this lands uh, for for thousands of years, regardless of a border or not. So for me, it's, you know, human beings are human beings, but they do, you know, people do come over and they work really hard, and so I focus on my art on uh, undocumented workers i make artwork about uh construction workers i actually done a lot of driving around san Marcos, and my son's been taking snapshots of uh, these areas that have been uh, um uh, being developed and i just uh crop and take pictures like that my very first painting of uh, a construction workers when they were making the canes restaurant mm -hmm. over there but i did have an exhibition in austin at the city hall and i put two large paintings there that had to do with construction workers and um, and we had the opening and everything, and then uh, months went by, and I got invited to do an artist talk, a political talk, and so I went and I did the talk, and it was great. There was people, there were a lot of people. Afterwards, people were coming up and shaking my hand and congratulating me, and then uh, one of the directors were like, "I'm glad we kept your paintings up," and I was like, "What?" And they were like, "He doesn't know," and I'm like, "No." So um, I come to find out that there was some politicians in City Hall that they were demanding that the paintings be brought down, that they were saying that there was tasteless art and shouldn't be on the wall but um, people activated from my behalf and they argued and they said no they're staying up he got chosen he got accepted and so final they they kept them and so I think that when you make conversations like that uh, amongst people amongst viewers you're onto something good you know something important something that has meaning and for future artists out there you know look at those uh, areas that uh, will draw controversy, you know, in that sense to make work. Well, you know, you've hit a political nerve when a politician says, don't do that and take that down. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go ahead and go in now, and, and you guys are going to do a, a song here live. Um, mm -hmm. So let tell us the name of the song. So this one is the one that you just heard, the Midiosa. Uh, it's my acoustic. Uh, uh, I brought my acoustic. This acoustic that I have, it used to be my grandpa. Fidencio, he played guitar. He actually taught me my first three chords when I was a kid. And uh, when he passed on, when he was passing away, he gave me his guitar. So it has a lot of meaning to me. It's not the best guitar, but you know, it's my grandpa's guitar. So. The sentimental. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, is the guitar the first instrument you learn how to play? 
No, the very first instrument I learned how to play was the trumpet. The trumpet. The trumpet. Um, I learned it, uh, you know, in school, mm-hmm. and I just kept going with it. And then I learned the guitar because I love to play Metallica. Dun, 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 you know, <laughs> and uh, we got, you know, that time, like I said, we didn't have Xbox. We just got together to jam out at somebody's house. And then, you know, my parents listened to a lot of the Tejano Norteño music. And so uh, I started getting into that, you know, and I uh, learned the accordion by, I, I would play the trumpet. Um, um, and I'm, I learned accordion keys by the sound of the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And I would write down the trumpet note and then I would hear the song and I'll take it out on trumpet and then I'll transpose it to the accordion. Mm-hmm. I did that for a few years and then I got, I bought me my first pro a Gabinelli accordion in San Antonio. I was going to ask you, is that, like, is that like your favorite brand? Oh or yeah, you oh, Gabinelli. Yeah. And then um, I got, um, I got, I, I signed up for s- lessons at the School of Music in San Antonio. My teacher, I was with them for about a year and a half. His name was, is Benny Medina. He's still alive. He's still jamming. And so I learned a lot from Benny Medina. He was really good. Okay, so we're going to hear a live song featuring Austin on the trumpet and Agustin <coughs> on his grandfather's uh, guitar. Mm-hmm. Called Mi Diosa? Mi Diosa, yeah, okay. the one you just heard. estar contigo te despidas de mi lado me estás partiendo el corazón tus palabras sin sentido tu ropero está vacío trancado en esta pesadilla Hoy que te vas, ¿qué será de tus besos? ¿Qué será de tu cuerpo? ¿Qué será de tu
with you here in the studio and uh, uh thank you guys that was great you. you got the uh acoustic version and uh you know on uh with some stories behind it so so we want to thank you guys for coming on to the show and we look forward to having you guys uh back again in austin we want to uh, wish you a great senior year go see miss grace at the high school and talk to her about scholarships so she can get you on your way yeah grace and Thank you. Keep us posted. We'll we'll help out. And okay. I just wanted to mention that uh, all my all my songs are on on YouTube, so you can find these songs "Mediosa" and "No Se Falta" uh, on YouTube. If you want to listen there are on all the uh, social media, uh, 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 Pandora, you know, Rhapsody, um, um, uh, SoundCloud. So you can find it all there. And where do they find it? Under what uh, headings? Uh, just Goots. G O O T Z for Mediosa, and mm-hmm. the other one is La Distancia or Laura and La Distancia. Yeah. <laughs> Goots. We were, you know, you talked about this on the show, and then I was talking to somebody today. What is it around this town that, you know, so many of the time we don't know the name of somebody, but it's like, yeah, Goots or, you know, whatever the name <laughs> is, we'll call you that, yeah. and that's how we know you, you know. Well, you know, I, my full name, a lot of people don't know my full name because when I was growing up, everybody just called me Cat. Yeah. So nobody really knows my full name. Very <laughs> few people that know my full name. So, uh, just But anyway, we want to thank you. And I also want to thank um, Ana Garcia uh, Hernandez because oh, she yeah. suggested that I have you on the show. And I want to thank you for thank coming you, on Anna. such short notice. And, um, you know, we also rely on our listeners to, you know, call us in with um, shows that they want to uh, listen to. So I want to thank her and uh, tell our listeners if they have something they want us to, to, to follow. Mm-hmm. Um have have them give us a call and we'll work on that for them and who do we have next week or do we know what we're doing i didn't bring my schedule but i know we have uh krista flores is going to be coming back for uh, for um national hispanic month right and so we've got her coming back up on the show mrs gars is coming back on i've got two uh second generation businesses that are going to be here with us coming up to you 
Uh, DRH is going to be here for the 16th of September. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've got, got show with lots of great stuff yeah. coming in. And uh, so, folks, t keep tuning in. Race is every Sunday night from 7 until 8 o'clock here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you very much. Thank Augustine you. And, uh, and Austin, thanks for coming in tonight and playing for us. And I do want to get you back for Revolving Door. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in.